Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Little Atoms, a radio show about ideas and culture. With me, Neil Denny. This week, acclaimed Danish author Daughter Knowles on her latest novel, Mirror Shoulder Signal. Daughter Knowles was born in 1970 and is one of the most original voices in contemporary Danish literature. She holds a degree in literature and art history from Aarhus University and has published four novels so far, including Mirror Shoulder Signal, which was shortlisted for the Man Booker International Prize, and which we're going to talk about today, as well as the short story collection Karate Chop and the noveler Minna Needs Rehearsal Space. Her short stories have appeared in numerous publications, including Harper Magazine and the Boston Review, and she is the first Danish writer ever to have a story published in The New Yorker. So, daughter, welcome to Little Atoms. Thank you. How would you describe Mirror's Shoulder Signal, the novel? Well, good question. It's, um, it's a story about a woman aged 40, a little over 40, who's uh, trapped in Copenhagen, trapped in the middle of her life, and... Uh, looking for a way out or at least looking for a way to find herself there in the middle of her life and uh, we follow her as she goes to driving school in order to get her driver's license uh, so she can drive out of Copenhagen but the question is where is she going to drive to basically I think it's a book about midlife crisis and these books have been written for centuries but they've all been about men having midlife crisis but in this case it's a it's a woman and it was interesting to investigate what that meant to have the luxury of of having a midlife crisis because that is actually a luxury to have because for generations women didn't have a midlife crisis because they were working or you know taking care of children or or were not allowed to to ponder that much on on where they were going to go with their life. So I think it's about that. Well, I'll take it a little further than that as well, because Sonia's not only is she in her 40s, embarking on a midlife crisis, um, she's currently single. You don't see that many protagonists, women in their 40s anyway, or older. But if they are, they're probably in a more traditional role as a mother. She's childless. So there's lots of ways in which Sonia is a is an unusual protagonist. Why did you, why did you want to write about her? Because she's like most of the friends I have. I mean, this is uh, really strange that literature don't have many protagonists like that, but life has. There are a lot of women who don't 
live like using quotations mark you know like we're supposed to there are a lot of women who are don't have children or who have children who have them on their own or who's not married or who are in and out of relationships that don't live neat and tidy in that sort of shapes form that society uh wants from us but literature haven't depicted it they haven't shown these women and it's not like i sat down and thought I want to write about these women because there really needs to be you know, books about them. It's just the life I live, that's how I live and that's how my friends live. We don't live traditional lives as such. So um, I wanted to you know, shed a light on that. The novel is told entirely from Sonia's perspective, but it's not a first-person story. Tell me about the perspective. It is from her perspective, but there's nothing harder in the world to write than first-person present tense. So uh, I wanted to sort of have a larger knowledge, to bring that a larger knowledge into the character than she has herself. And in order to do that, you have to sort of see her from above uh, at the same time as being inside her. And um, I wanted to... At the same time as being very, very close to her inner thoughts, her inner monologues, her inner views on things, her memory, all these things, I also wanted to be detached from it so I could see what it was about. In all my writing, I love the inner monologue. When I write short stories, that's my favorite thing about those is that I can enter the mind of a character be it a male or female, a child, a grown-up, a psychopath, a saint, whatever it is, be able to enter and sort of become their voice for a brief moment in time and and see the world from their uh, viewpoint. With a novel, that's different because you have to stay with them for three years, but it's a very good position to write from. It's a good question. I never thought about it, uh, why I chose that, but I guess I choose that position a lot when I write. You've described your writing elsewhere as minimalism that is under attack from within. What do you mean by that? I mean, there's a lot of compression in my literature. There is, there's a lot tied, a lot of emotions, a lot of past, a lot of memory, a lot of unspoken things trapped beneath the lines. And uh, minimalism is a very Danish stylistic thing. Uh, there's a lot of very cool aesthetic minimalism going on in Denmark because the Danish language calls for that. It's a very sparse language. We don't have as many words as the English language has. So minimalism is, is the easy way out of that. And uh, I trained in the Swedish literature. And the Swedish literature is uh, much more filled with existential conflict it's much more classic. It has more volume. It's bigger. And I loved that. I loved all the conflicts and all the black stuff that was going on in, in Swedish literature. So I guess that at one point I, I found out how I could pair these two things, how I could have that Danish form, that aesthetic minimalist form, but have that Swedish content, you could say, that sort of compression from within, that this minimalism... Uh, tries to investigate the maximalist issues. But, you know, again, that's aftermath because I, I didn't think about that when 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 I started uh, finding that voice. That just happened as I write, wrote a lot of stuff and rehearsed a lot. 
And you mentioned that, that Sonia in the story is located in Copenhagen, um, but she comes from the countryside far out of Copenhagen, western Jutland. Can you tell us what that land is like? Well, it's a, it's a very big contradiction in her life because there's only one big city, like one big, big city in Denmark, and that is Copenhagen. Then we have Aarhus, which is not that big. But apart from that, it's rural country, and it's it's provincial cities. It's not that big. And then when you come to the western part of, of Denmark, uh, the population is small. There's huge landscapes. People live traditional lives. You're just very far away mentally from uh, urbanism. So she uh, has that contradiction in her soul, in her spirit, and in her past that she comes from one predicament, one way of living, and has, in order to become who she was supposed to become, uh, which is have a university degree and educate herself, she had had to move and transform into urbanism. And that conflict is very common in, in Denmark. I found when I do readings from this novel in Denmark, always afterwards there will be a young a man around 30, 40, 50 or a woman, 30, 40, 50, saying to me, I'm like Sonia. And, and what they mean is not that they don't know how to drive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's that they also have that sort of split uh, identity between the rural and the big city. And I noticed there's there's also a lot of weather in the novel, thunder in particular. Yeah, well, this uh, story takes place during the summer and the late summer in August, September, and um, we have a lot of thunderstorms in that in in those months. When I did it, it's also, of course, you can't write a book without having the weather in there. I always get very suspicious when the weather is not in a book because the weather is such a big part of our lives. I mean, we may not be conscious of it, but we are all always adapting to what kind of weather there is around us. So weather is important to have a, a good feeling, a good sense of um, presence in a text, I think. The other thing is, I remember that when I put in a lot of thunderstorms there, I don't even know if you read really closely, there is a lot of talk, or Sonia thinks a lot about the connection between the earth and the sky. And I actually do think sometimes that the thunder comes when there is a connection, at least in her mind, <laughs> between uh, where she is and where she wants to go. But you could read, read closer and find out. You know, the writer doesn't always know why we put stuff in there, but I can't remember something I wrote of a longer in in longer forms where the weather wasn't part of it how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Listening to Little Atoms, I'm Neil Denny. Today I'm talking to Daughter Norse, and we're talking about her novel Mirror Shoulder Signal. And Daughter, as you've mentioned at the beginning, Sonia is taking driving lessons, taking driving lessons badly. She's not progressing. Um, she has trouble changing gears, and again, this reflects the stasis, the the anxiety that she feels in her life. I guess. Tell us why you chose that method, the idea of taking driving tests as a test. I think there were two reasons. One reason was that I had just finished the novella Minanese Rehearsal Space and was thinking about new material for a novel. I was sitting in Copenhagen and I thought, what am I going to write about? I remember looking down on Vista Borga, one of the most uh, busy streets in Copenhagen, and looking at the cars, and I thought, oh, God, it was so hard taking that driving uh, license. That was really existential. That was really that was really crazy, uh, taking the driver's license. So maybe that was material. And then I start, wrote the first chapter, and I thought something could evolve from this. And the reason why it's existential is that when a grown-up person not like an 18-year-old, but a real grown-up person takes a driver's license. We're usually matured and we're sort of, you know, in control of our being. We handle our lives. We have our own homes. We have our own partners and friends. And then suddenly not being able to drive, it's like being completely nullified as, as an adult. And also you have to deposit all your free will 
in the driving instructor and the driving instructor might not be a, a, a very nice person. So there was a lot of things about relationships, about uh, being an adult or not being able to be an adult or, and, and have that whole existential stuff that was so interesting. The other thing was political, a more political, I would say, and that is that a lot of people in my generation don't have a driver's license because they uh, moved from the countryside to the big cities when they were very young. And in the big cities, they didn't need a driver's license. And now suddenly in middle life, they find that they might not want to live in the city anymore, but they can't live anywhere else because living somewhere else means that you have to learn how to drive. So the driver's license theme also became a theme that circles around geographical emancipation and the whole divide that there is in the Western world right now between the traditional rural or industrial areas of country and the urbanized and sometimes um, very posh or exclusive parts of a, of a nation. So that's why I did it. I think. <laughs> and you mentioned in taking driving lessons, you might end up with a perhaps not very nice instructor. And indeed, Sonia has two instructors through this book, a woman called Yuda, um, who's very sort of combative and aggressive towards her. And Volker, who's a married man, of which there's, I mean, a certain amount of sort of sexual tension, I guess, between the two. Tell me about these two different people. Well, in the first case, we meet with Yuda, who's who's around 60. She's like working class. She has a, you know, foul mouth. She swears a lot. She's a racist. She She's uh, so sick and tired of being a driving instructor, I think. So she's doing everything but learning the the student to drive. And with her, it was interesting because I wanted to to portray one of these kids from the rural areas who went to Copenhagen in order to become someone when they were young. And this woman has really not amounted to much from doing so. And I wanted to portray that, that not all people who tried to get more status from leaving the agricultural areas and become urbanized became who they were supposed to to become in their own eyes. And Foker, I think the sexual tension in the car comes from Sonia. I actually don't think it comes from him. I just think he enjoys very much that he finally has a student his own age and that he has somebody to talk to in the car. Uh, the, the sexual paranoia comes from Sonia. She's constantly afraid that this driving experience will turn into something that she doesn't want it to be. She constantly says that she's so sick and tired of always getting more than she paid for. And um, and she's so scared that she's going to get more than she paid for also there. But Folke is basically just enjoying having somebody in the car who uh, understands his his world, I think. Another central relationship in, in the book is is or oh, formerly in the past I should say is is Sonia's relationship with her sister Kate who all through the book is basically refusing to speak to her why are they not speaking this is a, this is I think the most interesting and most important relationship uh, in the book and one that I found very interesting investigating also painful the sister stayed back home she lived a traditional life she has a husband two kids 
she has a, a golden retriever and, and there's nothing um she's never drawn outside the lines and then she sonia has left that whole situation has urbanized herself has studied at university so these two sisters might have had their fates and their lives and their history woven together at one point, but now they can hardly communicate. And I think a lot of families recognize this, uh, that we get estranged or dislocated from the ones that we truly love. And Sonia is desperately trying to wind back time in order to get that relationship with the sister, but it's lost because they don't have the same interests, they don't have the same language, they don't have the same kind of family life, they don't want the same thing from the world. It's like, where do they meet in all this? And it was very interesting to look at that from what happens when you stand still. I mean, because the, the sister Kate, has never tried to get a life that looked any different than the one that was outlined for her, where Sonia has tried to find a life outside the drawing that was drawn for her. And I think um, a lot of conflict also on a political level comes from these two positions and two completely different ways of looking at life and the lack of ability to communicate uh, because you're dislocated from each other. Sonia works as her job is as a translator of Swedish crime novels into Danish. Um, and I understand this is something that you did yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a few years, I translated from Swedish and Norwegian to Danish in order to make money. And the very big difference, like a huge difference between Sonia and I, is that Sonia doesn't have a voice. Back when I did that, I was writing my own books, and that's actually a very important difference because Sonia doesn't have a voice, and she doesn't write her own books. That means she's she's both being a parasite on this Swedish uh, crime fiction writer, but he has also stolen her voice, and that is a, also a very painful situation to find yourself in as a person, to be voiceless. And I found it interesting to investigate that. What would that mean to be translated? Because, I mean, I'm translated into 20 languages or something these days. And I know from that experience of translation, I know that the translators get closer to me than my banker. (laughs) Because spending that much time with somebody else's language is very revealing I usually say to my uh, my English translator, Mr. Hookstra, I know you know more about me than you should. And he and I said, but you're such a nice man. You won't tell anyone, will you? And he laughs. But that is the deal. And imagine if you get so incredibly close or you to a person who's not good. And I don't think uh, the, the crime fiction writer in this uh, that Sonia translate is a very good person. And she actually has to live with him in her head every day without having a voice of her own. That was interesting to describe. And also, I think, I mean, you get in a number of digs at the genre as well. I mean, as a, as a Danish writer yourself, I guess the world knows Denmark, Sweden for this crime fiction, which is, you know, inevitably full of violently murdered women. Yes, but, it, you know, in, in the beginning when particularly Sweden started out writing some amazing Scandi Noir books. 
and money poured into the industry. And then it spilled over to Norway and Denmark. So now they started, you know, writing a lot of, of Scandi Noir things also. But what happens when money pours into a genre is that a lot of people who shouldn't, shouldn't have run to this start running to it. And in order to make money, they make the perversions that happen in these books, they have to be worse every time. So a genre that when good writers write it is pretty cool, has also in some cases become pretty perverted. And um, and, it, and I do find that it is really troubling that that you have to kill a woman on page 20, that that is part of the whole Sudoku of uh, of the crime fiction genre, but that said, there are some really good uh, crime novels. Um, Scandinavian origin, definitely, not just the Swinson from my book, but, but but a lot of others. So I've been talking to Daughter Nors. We've been talking about her novel Mirror Shoulder Signal, which is out in paperback and in English from Pushkin Press. Daughter, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about it. Well, thank you for talking to me. This episode of Little Atoms was produced and presented by me, Neil Denny, and was first broadcast on Resonance 104.4 FM. Little Atoms is supported by 89Up, and the podcast is hosted by Acast. Find us on iTunes, and if you like the show, please do leave us a review. You can find old interviews, new journalism and more on our website, littleatoms.com. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.